This episode of Desert Island Dishes is brought to you in partnership with the independent, family-run butcher, H.G. Walter. Now, I'm particularly excited about this because for over 10 years, I have been a customer of H.G. Walter for both my cooking jobs and also for at home too. They are one of the most respected butchers in the UK, supplying some of the best chefs and restaurants in the country. So it's quite cool to know that you are getting restaurant quality meat at home. And I know I've said this a million times before, but if you start with good ingredients, your life as a cook is so much easier. You barely have to do anything for it to taste delicious. And we know that good quality meat is more important than ever. If you're anything like me, you are thinking more and more about the provenance of the food you eat. And so having a butcher you can trust like H.G. Walter is just a very comforting thing. Also, never underestimate the knowledge of a butcher. If you don't know how to cook something, ask when you're in there. They know so much. They can advise about cooking times, the weight you need, and they'll always have delicious ideas for how they like to serve something. I found this kind of information absolutely invaluable when I was starting out as a chef. So I am thrilled to be telling you all about HG Water today. They're based in London, but they deliver nationwide. And you can find out more at www.hgwater.com. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Margie Namora and welcome to another episode of our side dish, The Dream Dinner Party. This is the mini episode where we invite a guest to tell us all about their dream dinner party. This is a game I know a lot of people have played, perhaps on long car journeys, dog walks, maybe even a first date. And it's very fun to sit down with a different guest every week and hear who they would invite and importantly, what they would serve. This week we have Ravneet Gill, the extraordinary pastry chef who just makes the most incredible cakes and puddings. She's also a TV presenter and cookbook author. Her third book, Baking for Pleasure, is out now, and it's all about baking for the pure joy of it. She's been a guest on Desert Island Dishes before, a few years ago now, but well worth a listen. And I knew Rav loves to entertain, so it was great to hear more about that and how she envisages her dream dinner party will go. I do hope you enjoy. I love a dinner party. Like I throw them all the time and they're one of my favorite mm. things to do. Like above going out, I love a dinner party. So fun. And what is your idea of a dinner party? Is it a formal gathering? Is it just like loads of friends around on a Friday night? How does a dinner party look to you? I'd say that it, for me, it's never formal. And actually mm. every Friday in my house, I have like an open door policy amongst my friends. So they know that they can come to like Friday night dinner at mine and usually sometimes I would cook sometimes it's takeaway like last week I spent 120 pounds on Wingstop and just ordered oh Wingstop <laughs> the table. That's a dream. <laughs> but sometimes I cook and it's evolved into this like Friday night thing at my house and it's they everyone calls it fight club because we argue all the time oh I love that so much well and so having an open door policy how many people are you likely to have on a Friday well, the thing is, I say open door, but it's also quite selective. Like it's open okay, yeah. <laughs> for the people I like. And it can go between last Friday was there was seven of us. And sometimes it's four, three, but I'd say it's usually between no less than three and then upwards to 10. And you're married to a chef. So between the two of you, I can imagine it's quite a hot ticket getting an invite to supper at yours. You know what? 
I'd say it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and a good thing is he's such a good cook. So if I say to my friends, if they don't want to see me, which to be honest, I think my closest friends don't always want to see me. But if I say <laughs> Matty's cooked, they're over in a second. Yeah, that's a good way to get them round. Yeah. So Ravneet, welcome to your dream dinner party. We're going to begin by talking about the guest list. Who are you thinking of inviting to your dream dinner party? I thought about this a few times and I'm really massive into, like I find people really funny. So I, I think it might be four comedians, which would either be the mm. worst thing in the world or the best <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> we'll find out who you're going to pick. But sometimes they do say a comedian like on stage is quite different to them behind the scenes. Yeah, and I feel like it might break my heart to actually meet them. But... <laughs> okay, well, let's get into it and find out who's coming. Who is going to be your first guest? I think my first guest would have to be Larry David. I love that man so much. It's my dream to meet him, actually. That's your sort of perfect sense of humor. Yeah, I think I've like since I was a teenager, I just think he's so silly. And I love his humor. I love Kerber enthusiasm. Mm. And I just think that he's so irritating, but in the most <laughs> hilarious way that I'd quite enjoy poking fun at him and getting it back equally. I haven't seen that many interviews with him. Do you think that is actually how he is in real life or is that a complete character? I know that with Curb Enthusiasm, don't they just sort of like make it up as they go along for each episode? I think so, yeah. So I think that kind of is him. Yeah, so it must be deep rooted in there somewhere. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. He's a very good choice. Okay, who is going to be joining him? It would be Issa Rae, who is another comedian and writer who I think is so funny, but in a completely yeah. different way. I watched Insecure, which is like one of the best shows ever that she wrote. And I think mm. it's just one of my top five shows to watch. I also think that her like vision for producing shows is fantastic. I like her eye. Yeah. I like her like artistry. Big fan. Do you think they'll get on? I think it would be quite a fascinating watch. <laughs> might come up with a new TV show. Exactly. <laughs> okay, who's next? Next, I think it would just be Ramesh Ranganathan. Me and my husband think he's hilarious and we love what, like even this morning we'd put on a show of his, the BBC Three one where he interviews other comedians and we laugh so much. <laughs> and we always say we'd love to meet him because he's so funny to us. Also his story of, he, he used to be a teacher, didn't he? Yeah. And then he kind of came to comedy quite late, which I always think is really interesting. I feel like he would be very excited to meet Larry. Or maybe he's already yes. met him. And I like that he laughs at himself a lot. <laughs> and he doesn't take himself too seriously. Like he's not pretentious in any way. Especially with a comedian, that's kind of the worst if they're taking themselves too seriously. But I don't feel like any of your group are going to be like that. Mm. And also their sense of humor is all quite different. If there's only one spot left, who are you thinking? It was between two people, but I think I'm going to go with Sharon Horgan. Yes. Another person that I adore. And yeah. Catastrophe is one of the funniest things, I think, on TV. And yeah. I think it's very similar to mine and my husband's relationship at times. I love her work. I think she's really funny. And I think she's brilliant. I think that she might actually tie everybody together if she was mm. in the middle of the table. Well, yeah, because she's done the amazing thing of taking America. So she would be like the common link between everyone, wouldn't she? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she's just very cool. Like she's the kind of person you just wouldn't want to leave your dinner party. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> okay, where are you thinking that the dream dinner party will take place? Can you set the scene for us? I actually would do it where I live now because I bought this flat that I live in that is 
gorgeous. It's a town hall that's been converted into flats. <gasps> I managed to bag the middle chunk of this town hall. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's nice. Amazing. So I've got the dome window at the top and really high ceilings and curved windows. And it's really beautiful. Everyone thinks it looks like a palace, but it's actually a one-bedroom flat. (laughs) (laughs) No, Rav, don't ruin it for everyone. You live in a palace. (laughs) live in a palace. Even like the ceiling's got all this gorgeous coping on it. I love it. I did actually watch you one time cleaning the dome window, I think, on Instagram. Yes. If you live in a palace, that's what you have to do. Exactly. I've got all the chandeliers cleaned. (laughs) Okay, I like this. So it's going to be sort of laid back vibes, but in a really nice environment because your house is gorgeous. Yeah, and this flat has been a home to so many dinner parties already that I feel like I've got it down in terms of layout and how it would run. I know where everything is. And because the kitchen is open and it looks directly over the dinner table, you don't have to leave your guests. And and for me, a dinner party is all about interacting and not leaving your guests. So I quite like that you can mingle whilst cooking whilst grabbing things it's all in one hour completely and so planning a dinner party are you very organized or are you quite laid back will everything be prepared in advance I always like over prepare everything in advance (laughs) to a fault I'm like like anally organized I do not like going to someone else's dinner party and it's disorganized. I went mm. to someone's dinner party once and they then made me cook. I was outraged. And then I cleaned up. So no, if you come to yeah. my house for dinner, there are snacks ready. There is drinks ready. I don't want you to lift a finger and I don't want you to even dare help me clean up. I don't enjoy going to someone's house and them saying, oh, I'll turn the oven on now. And, it, and then you yeah. know you've got like an hour and 20 minutes to wait. I, maybe I'm very greedy, but I don't enjoy that. <laughs> Me too. And I always think it kind of should be near ready. Yeah, it should be warming through in the oven. And then we decide <laughs> in 20 minutes that we're hungry and we can eat. Surely. How long are you going to drag out conversation when everyone is hungry? And all yeah. anyone is thinking about is where's the food? And like, not in a rude way, but you're kind of looking at the time thinking, oh God, if we're going to sit down at 9.30, it's going to be like 11 before putting, you know, anyway, that is not you. You are the opposite of that. I imagine when people come to your dinner parties, they are expecting quite a lot from you. Do you feel pressure I wouldn't necessarily say pressure the group of friends that come often I don't really succumb to their expectations anymore it could be a stop or it could be like you know burgers from down the road a fish and chips or it could be a slap up meal they just get what they get on a Friday (laughs) if it's that makes it very exciting (laughs) often I might bring a few different pockets of people together then I'll want to make a real effort to you know, impress them and make sure they're happy and they're well-fed. They've got to be extremely well-fed. Okay. And this is an important question for the Dream Dinner Party. What time have you invited everyone for, but what time do you actually want them to arrive? See, this is something that I didn't realize, but I I thought that when you invite people at a certain time, they arrive at that time. But someone's told me recently that it's rude to arrive on time at a dinner party. I mean, from doing this podcast, I would say that there is no rule and it makes no sense, does it? Why say seven? What does seven for 7.30 mean? What's the four doing in that sentence? I don't know. I don't know. I'm really upset if people are late. I think it's the rudest thing. Me too. Not tell me that you're going to be late. Honestly, just last Friday, my friends were meant to arrive at five because Mm. I have 
bath time, bedtime now routine with my baby. And I want to enjoy my food with them. They went to arrive at five and they arrived at (laughs) 6.45. Devastated. I couldn't enjoy my pie properly because all I was thinking about was the (laughs) impending bath time that was coming up. (laughs) (laughs) They ruined your pie and that is unforgivable. So why were they so late? Traffic. Mm. Yeah. That's not a good excuse. Set off earlier. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) all of your guests have arrived. Are you going to serve drinks? Do you serve nibbles? How do you imagine the beginning of this dream dinner party playing out? Well, I've always got nibbles on the table because, you know, what? I think one of the worst character traits (laughs) is somebody who says that they are starving out loud. If ever I'm with someone and they say, oh, I'm starving or I'm so hungry, (laughs) I don't know why, but I feel like it's my responsibility to then feed them. And that's what you can do in my house. All I can think about is the fact that they're hungry. And that I must okay. find food for them. God, there's all these like social landmines that you just don't think about. But yeah, no, I, I get that. I want people to feel like there's things available if they feel hungry. And so what kind of thing are you thinking? I've thought about this dinner party a few times and the menu and what I would do. And if I was going to cook for this group of people, I would cook Indian food. My starters are quite snacky in themselves. So I would okay. probably just have really simple things like just some lovely roasted nuts on the table whilst my starters are getting ready. Because my okay. timings are so good, there won't yeah. be a lot of time for nibbles. Starters will be out very okay. okay, so there's not that much hanging around. You, you no. like to get on and sit down. Yeah. Okay, well, let's do that. So they're now sitting down and it's time to serve the starter. What are you thinking? I'm a big sharing person, love sharers on the table. And so you can try a little bit of everything. And if it was my husband, he'd do something like a little risotto for everybody or a little soup. But I like to put big things in the middle of the table and just tell everyone to get stuck in. So mm. I would do um, mogo, which is one of my favorite things. It's deep fried cassava chips. And I would do that with like a chili and garlic paste all over them, spicy, spicy. And then on the side, I would make a samosa chart because it's one of my favorite things to eat ever. And I want other people to enjoy it as much as I do. Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. At this point, who are you sitting next to? I think I would firstly position myself next to Issa Rae, just to feel it out a bit, you know? Yeah. And do you like to play music at your dinner parties? I've always got my Spotify playlist on my TV in the background. What's the kind of vibe? I've got two playlists that I choose from. One of them is a bit more mellow and the other one's a bit more upbeat, but it's always a good mix of like old classics, a lot of R&B. Okay, what you said about it being you always like to serve Indian food, is that you like the idea of giving people things that they might not necessarily have had before? Or what is it so much about? Is it it's an important part of your heritage that you like sharing with people? I just that's that's interesting to me. I think it's only more if, if it's a group of people that I think might not have had that food in a while from maybe an, an authentic cook I guess because I grew up eating this sort of food and it's interesting for other people but equally I'm also very well known for just roasting a chicken and doing loads of sides so it's not always Indian food but I think if for a group like that I would want them like to talk about it and to maybe try something that they wouldn't have tried my way maybe Mm. Definitely. No, I love the sound of this. So it's time for the main course. What are you moving on to? I mean, it's obviously going to be lots of different curries on the table and one of which would be my all-time favorite. And I don't even know if these things go, but it's my favorite curry of all time. And it's yogurt-based and it's actually called 
in Punjabi, we call it gadi. <laughs> and in Gujarati, it's gadi with a D. And okay. it's delicious. It's like a gram flour, curry leaf, yogurt curry. And it's mm. really, really beautiful. Got loads of mustard seeds in it. And then you make pakoras and you put them in. They, they soak in there. So it's almost like dumplings that are made of pakoras. And you have it with rice. And it's quite spicy. It's really fragrant. And it's acidic from all of that yogurt and it's just delicious and everyone I know that I've like made that for have been like wow like it's now my husband's favorite it's delicious that sounds amazing have you got a recipe for that somewhere no but my mum makes to me one of the best I've ever tried she doesn't really do recipes but you can gauge by looking at it like what yeah (laughs) like all the best cooks she refuses to write it down (laughs) and at this point what's everyone drinking I will say I'm really bad at drinks that's the thing that I'm not good at because I don't drink and my husband doesn't drink either so when people come around for our dinner parties they always know they bring the wine or they bring whatever it is that they want to drink and often I'll get gifted things like bottles of champagne and stuff and I was like oh thanks but I don't drink that so I save them for dinner parties and there's just always like a bottle of champagne but perfect and, and people think it's really fancy and I'm like oh is it like, I don't know <laughs> yeah you sound like the perfect host <laughs> and with the main course with having various curries is it the kind of thing that gets better with age and then you can be very relaxed on the day Absolutely. And I think the key is being relaxed on the day. And I I don't like people being there watching me cook or trying to get involved or (laughs) me then stressing that things aren't going to be out in time makes me really worried. Yeah. So you pretend like you're back in the restaurant and this is service, everything. That's how it's going. Yeah, exactly. I think once you've worked in any kind of professional kitchen, that is just the only way that you can approach a dinner party. Otherwise, it's just very stressful, I think. Yeah. Okay, the plates have been cleared and it's now time for pudding. What are you thinking? I know, obviously, you are the queen of pudding. (laughs) Um, So what are you thinking? My dinner parties always have no less than three desserts on the table, as a rule. Wow, okay. Because I think that you've got to, I'm always conscious that I want to please different palates and I categorize people's palates quite differently. I always know that in a group, you're going to have a citrusy person. So someone who likes something sharp and almost acidic. So I would do maybe passion fruit and mango sorbet, just on the table for people who don't really like too sweet desserts, but they like something citrusy. Mm. And then always somebody who likes creamy I find. So for the creamy person, I would do a rasmalai cake, soak it in that lovely fragrant milk and top it with wonderful like luscious pistachio-y cream. I fit into the gap of chocolate person. Okay. (laughs) To the point where I always just want a chocolate dessert. No matter what I've had, I want a chocolate dessert. Are you allowed to be an all three of those kind of person absolutely but you can't yeah, okay. be none, you can't be a none of them you've got yeah. to be one of them all three is the dream like I, I will really like that person whoever can have all three desserts and whoever enjoys the three desserts that's my type of person because of that menu I would do something quite light and I would do maybe a really deep rich caramel and chocolate tart with a really crispy crunchy chocolate base rav oh my goodness that sounds <laughs> amazing obviously you are a pastry chef. So if somebody doesn't like pudding, is that a bit of a deal breaker for you in terms of friendship? I mean, I take it personally. <laughs> I think that I'll be, I'll think there's something wrong with you. 
Yep. And there there probably is. <laughs> None of my close friends hate pudding. Imagine if they did and they just have been pretending this whole time to know <laughs> how important it is to you. <laughs> After all the food has been eaten and everyone's had their three puddings and they're sort of loosening their belt buckles, what happens at your dinner parties? Do you do games? Do you go out dancing? I don't know. What do you imagine happening at the dream dinner party? I'd love to go out dancing because I love dancing and I miss it so mm-hmm. much, especially since I had a baby. But I used yeah. to go out dancing Every Friday night, every Friday night, I'd go out and I miss it heavily. So maybe we would go in the dream world, we would go out dancing. But actually, if we were at mine, what always tends to happen is I make tea. So there'll be mint tea or whatever anyone wants, coffees on the table, and people will keep picking at the desserts I find. But what always happens is about an hour after desserts, when everyone has said they're so full, they can't eat anything else. (laughs) We do a McDonald's order. What? <laughs> what are people ordering? My friends do it nearly every Friday. And I've I've actually banned myself from having McDonald's this year. So I haven't had it. Are they ordering like full on burgers or are they getting like the apple pastry thing? What's that apple? Apple, the apple pie. pie I actually, it really upsets me. And I think sometimes they do it just to piss me off. What the order usually is, is about nine chicken nuggets usually and sometimes there's the massive box I think it's like 24 nuggets okay and there's a few chicken mayos dotted around some one of my friends likes getting the fillet of fish and the chicken sandwich and wait sorry how can they do this after they've had all of those starters they've had multiple curries and they've had three puddings what are you talking about how is that possible (laughs) well one of my closest friends even before he comes to my house, is already thinking of the McDonald's that he's going to order off. <laughs> I so it's, it's not about hunger, it's just about desire. And we think that down the road from me, there is the elite McDonald's where everything is a bit more fresh. So oh, it's okay. a bit of a novelty that it's so close. <laughs> and then there's usually... That, a that can't be that much of a draw. <laughs> like, how much fresher are we talking? It's so silly. And I've <laughs> I, we, we, we did it so much last year that now I've refused. I don't partake anymore in the McDonald's after dinner. Okay. So do you think Larry and Sharon are going to be up for a, a apple turnover? I would hope that they would be up for a little snack, you know? Okay. and after a dinner party do you go to bed and just deal with it in the morning or do you get everything cleaned and sorted before you go to bed no I will clean even if I don't sleep I already knew when I asked that question (laughs) I'm also quite efficient with the cleaning as guests are there I do not like a guest picking up a plate to try and clean it themselves I hate that Mm -hmm. so much and I will do it in a way that isn't so obvious I still want everyone to be having fun but I'll just slowly casually load the dishwasher, scrub the surfaces, sweep the floor, maybe mop the floor. Oh my God, Rav. (laughs) (laughs) But I sound like the most amazing hostess ever. Can you come and live with me? (laughs) And I've had to get even better because my husband, who loves cooking and he often cooks most dinner parties nowadays at our house, he's so messy and so Mm. dirty. Oh my God. Yeah, and he's really good at cooking Thai food, but he's now banned from cooking Thai food at home because... 
there seems to always be like palm sugar and fish sauce <laughs> everywhere when he cooks. <laughs> so he's banned until we get a house and he can have the back kitchen for his time. <laughs> oh, yes, I like a house with two kitchens. That is the ultimate dream. Yeah. And so for your dinner parties, what time are you kind of hoping everyone will have gone home by? I'd say one to two o'clock is reasonable oh, for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that started at seven. Yes. And they don't need to, but that's the maximum. Okay, so there's not a time where Larry's making himself comfortable and you're thinking, no, it's time for you to go. I would never kick Larry out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I mean, it sounds like after this dream dinner party, he might want to move in with you because it all sounds so delicious and gorgeous. Of all the people at your dream dinner party, if you could stay in touch with one person, who would it be? Oh, this is hard because I love all of them, but it might, I think it would just be Larry David. Why not? Yeah, aim high. <laughs> Rav, that was your dream dinner party. Thank you so much. Thank you. So there we have it. Rav's dream dinner party is over. The food has been eaten. The guests have gone home. I do hope you enjoyed today's episode and make sure you're subscribed to catch all episodes of the dream dinner party and also Desert Island Dishes. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.